We're on the air live tonight, 1-800-39-ONLINE. 1-800-396-6546 is the number. Online tonight. What do you know from funny, you bastard? Now, from the craziest city on the planet, this is Online Tonight, on the air toll-free at 1-800-39-ONLINE, 1-800-396-6546. And now, the host of Online Tonight, Max. All right, what an absolutely crazy week with all of the buzz from CES and, of course, what is going on in the Apple space. I am Max. Welcome to Online Tonight, where we talk about the latest in tech and pop culture news, plus random thoughts that I think are cool and nerdy. We also love to answer your calls. 1-800-39-ONLINE is our toll-free telephone number, 1-800-396-6546. You can also send us a text and an email. Our text is 951-395-1017, 951-395-1017. And you can email the show. That address is very easy to remem- remember, show at onlinetonight.com, show, S-H-O-W, at onlinetonight.com. This portion of the show is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Hey, it's not Ryan Reynolds. Mint Mobile is cheaper than those big carriers, so you don't have to buy your socks from the thrift store. Ew. And it must be good, because Ryan's mom was in a commercial. Go get something good at OLTTV.com slash mint. That's OLTTV.com slash mint. I don't have to spell mint, right? 1-800-39-ONLINE is our toll-free telephone number. 1-800-396-6546. Your calls and your texts and your emails. Miss Victoria will take a look at those and uh, help you get on the air or get your question answered on the air. Uh, busy, busy week because Apple finally uh, started taking pre-orders for their Apple Vision Pro. Whoa! That's right, Brian. This thing looks like it may actually come to fruition and that people are going to be able to buy it. Now, the pro- the process is very interesting, so we're going to touch on a little bit of that. We're going to touch on some of the people who have had a chance to talk uh, to talk to Apple people and physically get to play with it. We're going to talk a little bit about the pricing. We're going to talk about what comes with it, what doesn't come with it. we got a lot to talk about, so let's go ahead and get started. First, let's talk about they're only going to make about 80,000 of them. At least that's the rumor, 80,000 of them. Starting at thirty four ninety nine. So if you want one, uh, you should probably go ahead and do that right away because they may already be sold out. Uh, a couple days ago, the shipping dates were already being pushed into the middle of March. Now, the, the pre-order process is very specific. You need to have an iPhone or an iPad running iOS 17.2, I believe, or higher, and you must have the newest Apple Store app, not to be confused with the App Store. The App Store is where you get your your Disney Plus and your Netflix and your game and your, you know, things like that. You have to have the Apple Store app. And this really kind of confused a couple of my, my buddies uh, because they're like, I can't find anything about it in, in the store. I'm like, what? which store? The Apple Store app. It's blue. It looks like, well, they're both blue. The App Store app 
looks like a blue gradient with a giant A that looks like it's made out of uh, doctor sticks or popsicle sticks. The Apple Store one looks like a – it's also blue. Let me – I'm going to actually look it up for you real fast so that I don't – I don't. it is a white background with a blue shopping bag and a white Apple logo on it. That's what you have to have, and you have to have the newest version of all of these things. Then you can go into the pre-order process, and the first thing it's going to do is scan your face. Why does it need to scan your face? Well, because it wants to size the, the um, straps. It wants to make sure that the light seal, there's a like a silicone rubber type of uh, seal that goes around the edges. If you know anything about scuba goggles, you know they don't all fit the same, so you want to get one that's that's going to keep the water out. In this case, they want to keep the light out and in. And so it scans your face to figure out what size strap you need for your head to hold the device against your eyes. And then it needs to figure out what size the light uh, protection or the light. I just call it the rubber light thing. That's what I call it. I don't know what the – I'm sure there's a technical name. I had, I'm not worried about it. So it's going to scan you for that, and it's going to tell you what sizes you need to, to put in your order. And just a quick aside, a funny thing that I saw online was uh, this person used their iPhone to, to place their pre-order. And then later in the day, they scanned their face again on an iPad, and they got different results. So he's concerned about what he's going to get in the box because he doesn't know which size, which size is correct because even Apple themselves, using the technology that they've created, is giving different answers. So that's the first part. Then you have to figure out what you want to spend. Do you want to spend the absolute minimum, which is $34.99? That's $3,500 for a product that only about eight people in the whole wide world have had a chance to try. Now, you know, people will say, well, they, you know, not a lot of people bought the iPod or, or uh, tried the iPod before it came out, and it sold gazillions of them. You're absolutely right. Uh, but it also wasn't $3,500. And that's just to start. You can spend over $5,000 depending on how much you want to, to spend. As an example, if you want the 256 gig, which is the base, you're going to start at $2,499. If you want 512 gig of space, that's going to cost you uh, $3,699. And if you want the full biggest one you can possibly get, the one terabyte, that's thirty-eight ninety-nine, and you might say, "Great, that's all I need." Well, it might not be. If the thing breaks, you're going to want to have some protection, and we're going to talk more about that in the next segment about how much it's going to cost to get repair. And so, you might want to get the "quote unquote" extended warranty, also known as Apple Care Plus. That's going to add five hundred dollars to your deal. If I want to take it to a friend's house or I want to put it in the car and take it with me on travels, then you're going to need a $200 traveling case. A lot of people don't know, we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the show as well, is that there is a giant battery that is attached. There is a wire that goes from the side of the Vision Pro down to a battery pack. Apple, in their wisdom, decided not to include a clip or a pouch or anything on that. So if you want to clip it to your belt, 
or clip it to the pocket of your jacket, you're going to have to go to Belkin and you're going to have to pay an extra $50 for the clip if you want an extra battery because the battery only lasts about two hours, maybe two and a half hours, depending on what you're watching. It's another $200 for a battery. And then if you have prescription, if you have hard contact lenses, Apple is recommending you not use them. They may work with some soft contact lenses, but if you want to get your prescription, it starts at $99 for readers and $150 for prescription. And you need to have your prescription ready when you do your pre-order so that they can make you the Carl Zeiss lenses and only certain prescriptions are being honored. So if you add all that up, you're looking at about $5,000 plus tax Uh, And depending on where you buy it, there may be a shipping charge because the thing is, with all of those accessories, it's going to be somewhere in the 15 to 20 pound range of weight. And so that's the first barrier, getting in so that you can get it. And then the second barrier is the cost because I don't know that they're necessarily financing it. It's not like some of the other deals that I've seen where you can get a MacBook Air and you can go to the Apple Store and in some cases they'll let you pay 100 bucks a month. Uh, I haven't seen those yet to see. Apple, as part of this pre-order, was teasing us with some videos online. And one of the videos was very interesting. I thought it was pretty cool. They had a person who apparently had never, ever used an Apple Vision Pro before and there was some Apple employee there to help him and they went through some really interesting scenarios and I thought wow I noticed something from the developer conference back in June or July of 2023 that they are not covering here in this video I wonder why they did show something else that I thought was fantastic that I had not seen before So, we're going to be talking a lot about Apple Pro, Apple Vision Pro here on Online Tonight today. Would love to hear from you at 1-800-39-ONLINE. Are you going to spend this kind of money? Which version are you going to, to get? How much are you willing to spend? And what do you plan on doing with it? It's Online Tonight. Stay tuned. This is Geek Speak, where we take a tech term and we turn it into plain English right before your very ears. This hour's Geek Speak is spatial computing. This portion of the show is powered by Anchor. I use their hub on my MacBook Pro. I didn't realize that they are the number one mobile charging brand with over 200 million products sold worldwide. They've been pioneering charging technology for over 10 years. I've used those smaller portable power bricks from another company, but I'm really interested in Anchor's new Powerhouse 767. Uh, internally, I think they called it the Solex F2000. Why 2000? Well, it's a giant battery-operated generator. In a way, it's got 2,000 watt-hours at 2,400 watts, and you can use that thing 
every day for 10 years and not have to worry about replacing the batteries. And you shouldn't run out of ports because there's over 13 of them. Great for RVs, outdoor recreation, home backup. Find that and all of the other wonderful Anchor products at OLTTV.com slash Anchor. OLTTV.com slash A-N-K-E-R. Now, spatial computing. The definition of spatial computing is the integration of traditional computing, which includes data and logic, with 3D location to develop user interfaces. Spatial computing is an umbrella term that encompasses concepts like virtual reality and AR or augmented reality, as well as other related concepts of mixed reality and extended reality. We'll talk about those some other time. It extends computers to blend in with their physical world in a natural way. That is this hour's Geek Speak. Online tonight. No boy or girl scouts were harmed in the production of this show. This is Online Tonight. Now, here's Max. All right, so I was telling you about a video that Apple put up that was uh, showing you how the product works from a new user's perspective. And so you have a gentleman who had never used an Apple ProVision, I'm sorry, an Apple Vision Pro before, and then an Apple uh, associate, or they don't call them cast members, let's say employee, and uh, they were going through some of the things here. So we got to see him try it on. Uh, We got to see, you know, a few different things. He looked at his photos. He resized his photos using the pinch and hand gestures. You don't have to hold, unlike uh, the Oculus, also now known as the, uh, what, the Quest 2 and the Quest 3. You don't have to have these little things in your hand. I, I mean, I love those as part of the Sony VR game station because you're used to playing with a controller, uh, and, but you don't have to have these, these physical plastic devices in your hands. Apple's technology has cameras that are on the outside of the, the VR headset or glasses in, in whatever term you want to use, and they notice what you're doing with your hands. And so you can pinch your fingers or you can take two fingers to your two hands and spread them apart, and that would zoom something in. And then if you bring them back together, it will zoom something out. So they go through a lot of these kind of gestures. They go through uh, what it's like to to take a photo, and then they show you how immersive it is when you have a panorama. You can actually kind of stand up and look all around, and any panorama that you've taken on any iPhone ever is supported, and you can kind of create this really wonderful environment for yourself real fast. One of the things I found super, super interesting, unlike some of the other VR, like Miss Victoria and I, uh, when we launched a product back in the old days, during the Apple and Next days, we had a product that had the word virtual in it. So we threw a virtual reality party, and one of the disorienting features of VR is that you cannot see what's going on around you. There's plenty of YouTube videos and TikTok videos of people who are you know, playing a game and they run into the TV or they trip over the coffee table. Apple has this figured out in that you see your room around you in most cases. Yes, you can put things into full screen mode and, and things like that, but if somebody comes up and, and looks at you, they, they magically show up in your viewable space so that you can then interact with that person. 
So you can kind of set these different levels of what you can see in the virtual space versus what your environment is around you, which would hopefully keep you from tripping over coffee tables or running headfirst into the bookcase or any number of the funny things that we laugh at on YouTube and TikTok. We don't want anyone to get hurt. So I I love that feature alone. And how is that made possible? Because of all these external cameras that are, are being used to uh, show you the environment around you. And I don't know of any other VR things that have that. That's definitely part of this video demo that Apple put up on their website and also on YouTube. Another thing they show that was really interesting is is uh, the dinosaur app. There's a dinosaur app where you know the world of, of the past kind of opens up and then this giant dinosaur comes out and it's not a T-Rex and it's not a raptor. It's a combination of another one. Uh, it's a technical term, which I don't remember right this minute, but if you watch the video, the, the lady will show you. And then the other thing that I thought was really interesting was, and I had not seen this feature before, was that they brought him over to a desk and they said, okay, let's open your mail and we'll put it over here on the right. Let's open up your, your calendar or whatever and we'll put that over on the left and we'll open a web page and we'll put that right up in the front And then they had, a little bit later, they had the person sit down, open their their laptop, and again, you can see your laptop, even while you're wearing the Vision Pro on your face, you don't have to tip it or look, you can see it, unlike other VR headsets where you can't see what's going on in your own lap. He was able to look down, see it, click a button on his laptop, and now his laptop display was floating in front of him in this virtual space. And then he was able to use the keyboard and type and send emails or search something. It was, it was fantastic. Why do I bring this up? During the Worldwide Developer Conference, they showed this virtual keyboard. And one of the questions that I... I all right, let me ask Miss Victoria. Miss Victoria, how do you type on a keyboard? I touch type. What does that mean? Like you, you find the little bump and then you know that the... The F is over here and the J is over here, and so you know exactly where everything is? Yes. You you find your home keys, and then you don't look while you're typing. Okay. I, on the other hand, I'm a, what do you call me, a pecker, a, a, what, <laughs> what? a hunt and peck. Okay. Not so a pecker. I am a hunt. Well, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, a, wood, uh, a, a woodpecker, <laughs> I, but I do the same kind of thing. You know, a woodpecker looks at a tree, and it takes its beak, and it, it looks, and then it hits that spot, and... I do the exact same thing. So I have to look at the keyboard. The question that I think a lot of people had, and maybe why Apple didn't show it in this particular demo that they released this week, is the virtual keyboard. There's a lot of questions I have about the virtual keyboard. How's it going to work? Does it work? And is this why they're not showing it to us? How would someone like me, who has to look at the A key before he pushes it with his left or right hand, how are we going to find it? And how is the camera going to know that it's the A key that I want. Yes, it does eye tracking, but the Q, the A, and the Z, and the shift key are basically, shift key, are all basically uh, right there, and how is it going to know? And so that's one of the first questions I'm going to have for somebody who gets one in February. If you get one and you want to call the show, 1-800-39-ONLINE. Stay tuned.
Online Tonight is live and on the air at 1-800-39-ONLINE. 1-800-396-6546. Online Tonight. I love that we're doing this, and I love that it's risky. All anyone ever does in this business is follow the pack. Genetically modifying turkeys so they have five drumsticks. This is Online Tonight. Now, here's Max. Thank you so much for joining me this week on Online Tonight. Greatly appreciate it. This is hour one. Uh, It's 24 minutes before the hour. I'm Max, as I mentioned. 1-800-39-ONLINE is our toll-free telephone number. 1-800-396-6546. We also take your text and your emails. Our text is 951-395-1017. Email show at onlinetonight.com. This portion of the show is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Hey, it's not Ryan Reynolds. Mint Mobile is cheaper than those big carriers. So you don't have to buy your socks from the thrift store. Ew. And it must be good because Ryan's mom was in a commercial. Go get something good at olttv.com slash mint. That's O-L-T. TV.com slash mint. I don't have to spell mint, right? All right, we're talking all about Apple Vision Pro, which isn't even available yet. Uh, we just finished talking about the cost. We talked about the um, some of the demos, how you order it. If you missed any portion of that, of course, head over to onlinetonight.com. Check out the podcast. You can get it there. And the product's not even out yet, and there's controversies. Uh, Apple ha- announced that there was going to be over 1 million apps ready for the Vision Pro, including Paramount Plus and Disney Plus, over 100 3D movies. However, there have been a couple naysayers already, such as Netflix, Spotify, and YouTube. They said that they are not going to be making any uh, Vision OS-specific version uh, for the the headset anytime soon and they um, they're going to continue to update the iPhone version and the iPad version and so then the question is will the iPad version work on the Vision Pro and that hasn't been a hundred percent answered yet however if you look at the list of the million apps that Apple has in the Apple Pro Apple Vision Pro I'll get that eventually the Apple Vision Pro website, the app store for that is already available for your uh, perusing. You can go in there and check it out. Um, some of those apps are clearly just iPad apps. So I'm curious if Netflix, Spotify, and uh, who was the third one again? Uh, let me find it for you. YouTube are going to be blocking. Uh, this was an interesting thing. I don't know when if you knew this. When the M1... Mac Max came out uh, because they're running on an ARM processor. You could run iOS and iPad apps on them from from day one, unless the developer blocked macOS. So it uh, you could you could run those apps on an M1 or even the M2. I had a Mac Mini and I ran several apps. I even tested a couple of our apps to see if they work and I did it worked and I didn't really have to make any changes. I mean, it looked weird because especially the iPhone one, it was, you know, it was 
like Instagram, it was portrait and not landscape like you're used to most apps being on a on a regular monitor these days. Um, but you could, as a developer, you could say, I don't want it to work on an M1 Mac or I don't want it to work on XYZ. And so I'm curious if they are making a effort to block these apps from running on the Apple Vision Pro. I looked at it again to make sure that I said it correctly and not to uh, not to say the word pro first. The uh, the other controversy, which I don't necessarily agree with, is there was a whole kind of article about how the Apple Vision Pro isn't wireless. Well, if you just head over to the Apple website and check it out, you can clearly see the specifications for the unit. And it has one of the newer Bluetooth technologies, and it has Wi-Fi 6. How else are you going to watch your Disney Plus content? How else are you going to stream the screen of your laptop to be in your larger virtual space. It's clearly wireless. But if you dive deep into the article, because I feel like the, uh, the headline is a little misleading, it, they, this is over, the article is over at TechRadar. I'm not picking on them in any particular way. I just, I'm curious as to why they wrote it this way. The article's title is Vision Pro Not Wireless and It's Driving People Crazy. But then you dive deep into the article, and it says it has an external battery pack. Well, yes, the power of the sensors, the power of the camera, the power of, of the, the engine that's doing the gestures, the M2 that's inside the unit, the lights, the, it requires a lot of power. It's not like you can just stick a little tiny battery uh, into the side of the unit or into the headpiece. They needed that room for other things. And so there is an external battery that it connects to the headset via a wire. And then it has like what looks like an old iPod. You know, it, it's uh, a, about the size of a deck of cards or, or maybe an external SSD. If you have one of those uh, Western Digital Passports or whatever those are called, it's just a little pack. And it has the battery in it. And the battery is supposed to last you two, two and a half hours, depending on use. And this is what they mean by not wireless. I, I, I don't understand the article, and I feel it's a slightly misleading because obviously you're going to consume your content, you're going to play your games, you're going to look at your computer screen, you're going to get your web browsing information all over the Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is fundamentally wireless. And so, ugh, I don't know. The, uh, I'm not a writer for these types of things. I'm just a consumer, and I look at it, and it, uh, it, it was weird. In the demo, in the, uh, some of the brochures, they don't really show you the battery pack. But there is a video out there where they, where they show you how it actually attaches. It attaches using this little round circle on a cable, which kind of reminded me of the Apple Watch uh, thing, but it's not magnetic. It's actually a mechanical thing that you click in and turn, and, and it will hold the battery pack in place so that you don't you know, move. Or let's say you're on the couch and you have the battery pack next to you because you don't have a body clip or you don't have it in your pocket, and you get up, you know, the battery pack's going to dangle. It's going to go with you, but it might hit you in the back of the leg or it might hit you on the side if you don't have it secured to your body. 
but it's not going to come undone. It's going to, it's going to stay there and you're still going to ha- enjoy your experience, but you're going to feel a little tug and you're going to feel a little bump on the side of your body. So I, I think that's easily corrected. And based on the amount of technology that's in this unit, it needs a battery pack that is significant so that we can have a reasonable amount of, of spatial vision app time, right? So that makes a lot of sense. The other criticism which I'm hearing, and this is completely legit, I think, when you have something that's going to cost you up to $3,500 all the way up to $5,000 is what happens if I break it? What happens if I'm in a fully immersed environment and I'm not looking at my surroundings and I trip over that coffee table or into that bookcase like we talked about earlier and I crack the screen, what's that going to cost me? Well, it's going to cost you $800. And if you break other things, that can be all the way up to uh, another $1,000, etc., depending on what you break and, and how, how uh, devastating the damage is. You can get Apple's $499 Apple Care, but it doesn't cover everything. It basically gives you discounts. So instead of spending... $799 on a cracked uh, faceplate, you would only pay 299 That seems like a lot, but I mean, that's almost a third of the price or, you know, less than a third of the price or half or I math, not my strong point. But the point being is that you want to kind of keep that in mind when you're making your purchasing decision on, am I rough with my gear Am I going to need to have that extra protection so that I get a discount and things like that? The other thing that uh, people are still not kind of getting, which I want to highlight just real fast, is what storage size should I buy? Well, this was the same question when people were buying the Apple TV. What storage should I buy? Well, the Apple TV doesn't store anything except for your apps, Right, So really, the storage is only need, needed for the apps. You're going to consume all of your content via streaming. You're going to stream your, your Mac desktop to the display. It's not going to store anything. You're not storing your movies there. You're not storing your, your music there and things like that. So keep that in mind when you decide to purchase. It's online tonight. More on the Apple Vision Pro. Stay tuned. We've been talking a lot about Apple Vision Pro. So, of course, the bookmark this for this hour is going to be apple.com slash vision pro. And that's all one word, B-I-S-I-O-N-P-R-O. And I was looking at that just a moment ago, and I learned a lot of things. So if you are really into the technical part of it, like what kind of processor does it have? It's got the M2 and an R1. What kind of cameras does it have? How many sensors? Oh, one thing that I found interesting about the M2, it's an 8-core uh, CPU with 4 performance cores, 4 efficiency cores, 10-core GPU, and 16 gigs of RAM. You cannot upgrade that. You cannot change it. That's what you get. But if you're interested in how the optical works and all the different audio technologies, it does uh, 
video playback at 24 frames per second or 30 frames per second, all of that, and what comes in the box and what the apps are. That's all available at apple.com slash vision pro. A couple quick things that I found super interesting. You'll see this in the demo and you'll see this over at the website. Some of the built-in apps, some that I've never seen before. Encounter Dinosaurs, that is exclusive to the Apple Vision Pro. And Mindfulness, there was a good demo of that. So if you're curious what those are and any of the other apps, head over to this hour's bookmark this, which is apple.com slash vision pro. Online tonight. This show looks just as good with or without your 3D glasses. This is Online Tonight. Now, here's Max. All right, so earlier I was talking about the techradar.com site where they were talking about how the Vision Pro is not wireless and it's driving people crazy. Got a text, and the text says, uh, the main argument, I mean, I did read a lot of the article, but maybe I missed this. They were a little upset about the battery and the battery cable and all, and all that stuff. Uh, and I think what their main complaint was, was in most of the demos, most of the brochures, most of the things that they had shown before people were spending their money was um, they didn't really show the cable. They didn't really show, you know, that this battery pack with its three or four foot cable was just dangling off of the side. So that's really what their article was, and absolutely, I give you points on that. Uh, if um, if you know that if you find that distracting, then you're going to want to get uh, a Velcro belly band, or you're going to want to get one of these Belkin clips or something like that. So yeah, know know about that ahead of time. Uh, but it is wireless, and that's how you're going to consume ninety percent of your content is over Wi-Fi. The battery is not wireless, and I don't know of any really wireless battery technologies you, for charging, sure. But um, until they come up with these Tesla uh, towers that will just beam power to your devices, uh, I think we're going to be living with batteries for, for, for quite a while. I did want to take a step back just momentarily from some of the Apple News uh, first of all, this portion of the show is brought to you by Southwest Airlines. Southwest offers flights to over 100 destinations in 42 states, plus Puerto Rico, Mexico, Central America, and the Caribbean. You can find out more about all the different destinations that you can include in your next vacation at olttv.com slash SWA. That's olttv.com slash SWA. This is not specific to the Apple Vision Pro, but Apple recently wanted people to know that if you have an iPhone 12 and an M2 MacBook Air, there was a report that came out about how there is a vulnerability, a security vulnerability in that in those systems. But Apple wants you to know that these, even though it is a serious security flaw that is affecting millions of the GPUs that are embedded into the Apple devices, as well as AMD and Qualcomm, Apple said that they are patching it with a, a software patch and that you should be able to get that uh, update. You should have it now or it may not, uh, 
or it may be available within the next day or two. So that patch removes the issue, and so you don't need to really worry. The security flaw, which is dubbed leftover locals, allows a hacker to read data that was previously pr- processed by the GPU. The uh, GPU is the graphic processing unit. Sometimes when we're uh, doing s- encryption or we're doing uh, some other kind of intense processing, the, the main brain, the main CPU can say, hey, you have some extra cycles over here, graphics processor. Why don't you do a little bit of that for me? Uh, and uh, maybe it wasn't cleaning up as well as it, it, it should have. And so uh, people have figured out how to extract some of the data off of that GPU. Um, Apple is just letting people know that they're aware of it and they are working they are working on it. So as soon as you see the security update and you're concerned about it, which you know you might well, you might be, uh, you should go ahead and uh, have that looked at. Another security item, which I thought I would share, that is not Apple related, is that if you have an X account, uh, you want to uh, kind of protect it. Apparently, the uh, U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission and a security form called uh, Mandiant. Both had their X accounts breached recently, uh, and it possibly had something to do with the two-factor authentication settings. So if that is something that you use, then you might want to uh, check this out. The uh, agency regained control of their account. The SEC regained their account, and then after they figured out what was going on, they shared it with people, that the um, and more than one person or company had been had been uh, compromised. And so there are some some tips available out there on the Internet. I'll see if I can link to it on our show notes page at onlinetonight.com for this, this uh, today's show, Hour 1. So be sure you check that out. If you missed any portion of the show, don't forget you can always head over to onlinetonight.com where you can check out our, our podcast. We have our show notes. Our show notes always share with you. Uh, any product reviews or link if somebody calls and asks a question we will we will link to some more detailed answers if if available our bookmark of the uh, bookmark this of the hour we link to that Uh, and of course you can subscribe to the podcast right there from the website you can listen to the audio and check out our videos uh, there as well you don't most people I think are getting the podcast through like iTunes or the podcast app or Spotify or or places like that. Great place. We appreciate you getting uh, the content there. Uh, But if for some reason you don't want to do that or you're just uh, a browser... Online Tonight is produced and copyrighted by Smart Family Media. All rights reserved. Host Maxwell Smart. Producer and other hats worn by Victoria Smart. Views and opinions expressed are those of the host, guest, and callers, and are not necessarily those of the station, its management, affiliates, or other advertisers.
We're taking your calls right now at 1-800-39-ONLINE. 1-800-396-6546. Online tonight. Your future is in his hands. Now, from the craziest city on the planet, this is Online Tonight, on the air toll-free at 1-800-39-ONLINE, 1-800-396-6546. And now, the host of Online Tonight, Max. It's Max. Thank you so much for joining me on Online Tonight. I greatly appreciate you including me in your week. Last hour, we talked a lot about the Apple Vision Pro. If you missed any portion of that, head over to OnlineTonight.com, get the podcast, or you can listen right there on the website. Uh, Online Tonight. What are we about? Who are we? Who are you? Why would you want to chat with us? Well, we love talking about tech, pop culture, and other random things that I think are cool. Sometimes it's about Disney. Sometimes it's about, uh, Dis- when, when I say Disney, I mean like Disneyland, Disney World, Disney Cruise. There's, uh, there's a lot of fun tech and, and things like that there, and there's a lot of pop culture references there and, and things like that. I also love to hear from you. So if you are uh, in need of help i'm i would love to see if we can work that out together just give me a call 1-800-39-ONLINE if you're going to be getting one of those apple vision pros or you already have the old oculus or if you're upgrading to the new um what is it called now quest 3 i think the quest 2 has been out for a while the quest 3 is coming out sony showed off a new vr headset at ces earlier in january I love all those things. Would love to talk to you about what you have, what you plan on getting. Don't forget, you can text us, 951-395-1017. You can email us, show at onlinetonight.com. But, of course, the best way to reach us is our toll-free telephone number, 1-800-39-ONLINE. This portion of the show is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Hey, it's not Ryan Reynolds. Mint Mobile is cheaper than those big carriers. So you don't have to buy your socks from the thrift store. Ew. And it must be good, because Ryan's mom was in a commercial. Go get something good at OLTTV.com slash mint. That's OLTTV.com slash mint. I don't have to spell mint, right? All right, Miss Victoria is taking your calls, checking out your texts and your emails, so drop us a note. In the meantime, I wanted to share with you a little kind of gotcha And I might even ask you, what is it that you're doing where you feel that you need to use this particular feature? Google has admitted that they are collecting data when you are in Chrome's incognito uh, mode or uh, what Apple calls in their Safari private. Uh, What is it they actually call it? Let's have a look. Let's see. Uh, Apple calls it private window. Uh, Google Chrome calls it incognito, and Firefox calls it private window as well. Well, Google has said, we have been looking at your information as you are are checking it out. Um, They have settled a, uh, let's see, this comes after the internet giant agreed to settle a $5 billion lawsuit 
that was a, originally filed, I guess, in 2020. The lawsuit claimed that Google had collected information like your IP address, the device data, and even the browsing history. The browsing history. Why do we go into cognito mode? Well, you know, some of us are trying to plan a trip for our significant other, maybe a cruise or maybe a, you know, uh, how do I want to say this as politely as possible? You know, maybe one of those nice frilly outfits for the special date night and you don't want to get caught. Well, Google knows all about it because apparently they've been looking at your search history even when you think that you are not. Uh, so they are uh, settling that. The judge ruled that Google never explicitly told users that they were tracking them and collecting their information. And based on the verbiage of the menu option to go incognito, that means disguised. That means not recognized. And so uh, Google's getting a little bit of trouble for that, and they will be settling that. I don't know if it's like a class action or if you can get some money and then what would you have to do in court to prove these things? Hey, I was looking at uh, spicy uh, clothing for my significant other, and then I started getting ads from Google for a bunch of stuff that I wasn't expecting. So there you go. Google is making it a little bit easier to unsubscribe from many of the lists that you might be on. I was recently in the real estate market looking for a new property, and I jumped on a couple different lists like you know what are the what are the houses going for in Las Vegas as an example or Tennessee or uh, kiss me or it, which is near Orlando Florida so I jumped on a bunch of these mailing lists where they would then send you the new listings or if a listing got sold so I found that I had a, a gazillion of these email lists that I had joined well now you don't have to go into the, the message itself and then look for the unsubscribe button. Apple Mail has this thing where it, it gives you a little thing at the top and it says, Siri, notice that you're on a mailing list. Would you like to unsubscribe? Well, now you can just look in your in your header list or your inbox. You know how you get a summary of the the header, who it's from, things like that. You can now unsubscribe right from there. So that should hopefully help you uh, get there. And the other thing that it allows you to do is you can unsubscribe from a legitimate sender, you know, like the list that you know that you're on. But you can also, uh, well, I think you still have, I believe if, if uh, I haven't actually tested this part out yet, but I think if you, if you pop in there and report it as spam, it automatically will unsubscribe you, but you're reporting it as spam. So you don't want a legitimate company that you might want to have a future relationship with to, to be you know blacklisted or identified as a spammer because you requested the information, but now you don't need it. It doesn't apply to the, the projects that you're working on or the lifestyle choices that you're making right at that moment. And so the, the spam, you don't want to report them as spam, but you just want to simply unsubscribe. It used to be, I believe, that uh, I didn't use this feature very often, but I, I believe that it used to be report spam and unsubscribe, and, and now it's just unsubscribe. So that's good because then the legitimate companies that you work with are not getting penalized in any particular way. Google is getting 
worse as it loses its fight against the search engine spam. There are companies out there that will claim to help you with your SEO optimization and and things like that to help you monetize web pages uh, using either affiliate links or you know get a higher ranking and those things. And uh, Google has been trying to make sure that the rankings that they show you are, are legitimate and they're not gaming the system and things like that. And Google has basically said, we are underwater in this, in this area. We spent the last year analyzing over 7,500 of these uh, queries, and we are finding that uh, out of Google, Bing, and DuckDuckGo, Google is showing a lot more of these people that are taking advantage of these kind of loopholes in the, the Google bot that goes and search your site. And so when, you, when you're searching for something, you, you always want to notice that there are sponsored ads, especially on Google, and that means that they paid to be up higher in your list. And then you kind of scroll down and you say, oh, okay, this one must be popular because it's not sponsored and it's right near the top. Right, But you should still do some research. You should check to see what the reviews are. You should ask your friends. You should check with family members to see if you know, this is really a site that you trust and that you want to go and check out uh, and, and make sure that it's something that's going to fit your need. Uh, so some of these pages are just generated with affiliate links and, and no real value otherwise. I like the kind of sites where you go and you learn something like, hey, this is a good exercise piece of equipment or this is a cool electric bicycle and we are an Amazon affiliate. So if you click here, you can buy the electric bicycle. It's not going to cost you any more. It's going to help the website so we don't have to show you so many ads. I feel that's a legitimate use. But those who, who put things up there just in major bulk and are just trying to game the numbers might not necessarily be the best website to visit it's online tonight i am max would love to hear from you 1-800-39-ONLINE 1-800-396-6546 online tonight stay tuned This is Geek Speak, where we take a tech term and, play, and turn it into plain English right before your very ears. On our theme of spatial computing from last hour, this hour's Geek Speak is Digital Twin. This portion of the show is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Your favorite shows like Star Trek, movies like the Transformer franchise, and if you're nostalgic about the mid 2000s, you can check out Zoe 101 plus the new movie Zoe 102. That's all streaming at Paramount+. Plus. Find out all they have to offer at OLTTV.com slash stream. That's OLTTV.com slash stream. S-T-R-E-A-M. Now, digital twin. A digital twin works by digitally replicating a physical product, process, person, or place in a virtual environment, including its functionality, features, and behavior. 
a real-time digital representation of an asset is created using smart sensors that collect data from the product or the location. A spatial twin is a kind of digital twin. It's a little more detailed and specifically uh, is great for places like an environment or a place. Let's say Disneyland. If you wanted to uh, create a digital twin, you could scan all of Disneyland and then you would be able to walk through that and that would create its digital twin. That is this hour's Geek Speak. Come on. What's going on? Where the quality of our answers just might surprise you. This is Online Tonight. Now, here's Max. Or our quality of pushing buttons. Uh, Sometimes technology is our friend and sometimes technology uh, will get in the way. But it's really supposed to be a tool to help us out. Uh, But, you know, you got to deal with it sometimes. But you can't let it get the best of you. Something I'm extremely excited about. I kind of lose. I lost my mind when I saw the demo of this, and I wanted to share it with you. Is Samsung's new Galaxy S24? They are bringing Google's powerful AI feature right onto the phone. And the thing that I found to be probably the most exciting is um, Jennifer. Ha- we were out at Yosemite and we were walking around and we saw a bird and we didn't know what kind of bird it was. So she took a picture of it and uploaded it to Google and Google told her what kind of bird it was. We were on a path and we saw a plant and it told you what the plant is. However, this, this makes it even easier because you had to go into the, uh, like the special Google app, which I don't even know, you know, where that is or how that works, but I know where my camera is. And the S24 now has some really impressive AI technologies in the camera area. You can select an element of the photo. Like one of the ones that they, they demoed was a, a skateboarder. And they wanted the skateboarder to appear higher off the jump. So they highlighted it. Then they grabbed it and they moved it up a little bit. And they said, okay, that looks good. But this part over here doesn't look good, which was the light pole. And they highlighted that, and then they hit a button, and it erased the light pole. And we could just see the sky behind it. I thought, oh, this is fascinating. This will help me with so many shots that I want to fix. Like my thumb was in the bottom corner. I can just kind of take that out. Or uh, a person walked in behind our, our selfie in front of the you know holiday tree or whatever it was. We can now we can mask them out, and it will look good. But what I thought was even better is there's many times when I have been out and I've seen something like, oh, that's a cool bike or that's a cool uh, pair of shoes or I wonder what kind of jacket that is. Not that I buy everything that I see, but sometimes I'm curious. If I see something that I, I think is really interesting, I would like to know what it is. And the Galaxy S24 now has the ability where you don't even have to take a picture of it. You just turn the camera on and you use a circle and you circle the item that you want to get more information on and it will pop up and tell you what it is. Like, you know, this is this kind of brand of shoes or this is, uh, this is uh, I don't know, a jar of this kind of peanut butter or, or whatever. You can just circle the, t- the item and it will, it will let you get more information about it. And if you want to buy it, now you know exactly what it is that you 
are interested in. I thought that was fantastic. All right, moving on to gaming news, something a little more interesting. Uh, if you are a gamer, uh, some PlayStation 5 gamers are going to get a refund. If they purchased Last of Us Part Two Remastered, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but if you had the PS4 version of it, you could have upgraded for just 10 bucks. But some people were just buying it uh, at full price. And now they're going to be able to uh, get a, a refund from Sony. Um, and that seems like a win-win because that extra money you could probably apply to another another game or, or something like that. So if you bought The Last of Us Part Two Remastered, um, it never offered a free upgrade, but you could pay just the 10 bucks and not have to purchase the entire game, which I think was like 60 or, or 50 bucks or whatever. You're going to get, you're going to get $40 back. And so that you can apply that to something else. If you would like that, um, some people are getting their refunds apparently automatically, but if you, if you can show that you purchased the last of us part, uh, the last of us Part two for your PS4, uh, they will then credit you forty dollars back. So that's that's a lot of fun. Back in the day, I was very sad and excited at the same time when the last blockbuster at the end of my block went out of business. But why was I sad? Well, because then I couldn't rent things anymore. But why was I happy? Because they had really good deals on DVDs and box sets and things like that. So if you wanted to get uh, let's see, how, how long ago was Blockbuster? Quite a while ago. So if you wanted to get the box set of, say, Back to the Future, Back to the Future 1, 2, or 3, you could get, instead of having to pay 50 bucks for a brand new one, you could just pop into a, a Best Buy, that was, or a Best Buy, my goodness, a, a um, Blockbuster, and you could get that same box brand new for a lot less well, you might have an opportunity starting in the next week or so by popping into your local Walmart because Walmart has decided they are going to stop selling physical games. So if you love having the game disc and you want to have a collection of those things on your shelf, like some of us do, then and you're not a big fan of digital because there's nothing stopping them from pulling it from you willy-nilly, We've already seen Sony do that with some of the TV content. Who's to say they won't do it with uh, video game content? If you want to grab any physical media at your Walmart, you've got basically a week left to do it. They ha have already gotten rid of CDs and um, other types of media. They still have some PS4, PS5, and Xbox games, but they're planning on pulling them all out of the stores. So if it's something that you like and you're interested in, Go over there. Check it out. Sometimes they have great prices. Some of this stuff might be on clearance to help get these things out of the store. And so you, uh, you might want to check that out if that's something that you are into. Something that I'm into is definitely hearing from you. Give us a call. 1-800-39-ONLINE. Are you a big gamer? Are you excited about some of the stuff from CES? Are you in the VR space? Do you love movies? Love to hear from you. Online tonight. Stay tuned.
Looking around for the phone number? It's 1-800-39-ONLINE. 1-800-396-6546. Online tonight. Who is this guy? I don't know. Until we find out, keep a lid on it. That's right. Actually, there's no need to keep a lid on it. My name is Max. The show is online tonight. We'd love to hear from you. 1-800-39-ONLINE is our toll-free telephone number. 1-800-396-6546 is our toll-free telephone number. Give us a ring. This portion of the show is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Hey, it's not Ryan Reynolds. Mint Mobile is cheaper than those big carriers. So you don't have to buy your socks from the thrift store. Ew. And it must be good, because Ryan's mom was in a commercial. Go get something good at OLTTV.com slash mint. That's OLTTV.com slash mint. I don't have to spell mint, right? All right, get your calls in. 1-800-39-ONLINE. You can also send a text or an email. Our text is 951-395-1017. Email show at onlinetonight.com. Here's a little bit of our movie review of The Beekeeper. And Echo? I'm Victoria. Max and I had a chance to check out the latest action movie, The Beekeeper, rated R in theaters now. After the one person he cares about the most is hurt, Adam Clay is out for revenge. He goes after the data mining outlet that stole her life savings and then moves up the chain from there. We learn that he's a retired operative from a powerful secret organization known as The Beekeeper's. And he has definitely got some serious skills. I am Max, and Jason Jason Statham uh, stars as Adam Clay. That's the name that we learn about. We we actually have no idea what his real name is. I'm going to guess it's probably not his real name. Uh, the cast also includes uh, Emmy Ravery Lampman, Josh Hutchinson. That was the biggest surprise to me. Jeremy Irons, Felicia Richard, who you would know as the mom from The Cosby Show. It's nice that she's uh, out doing something else these days. And I almost didn't recognize uh, Minnie Driver. She is a uh, like an FBI director or, or something over there. So that was, that was fun to see. Where do we know her from? Uh, wasn't she in Good Will Hunting or one of those movies? I think she was. Was she like a love interest in like a Tom Cruise movie or a uh, Matt Damon movie? I don't know. Maybe. All right. I don't know. Um, I thought it was really fun to see Josh Hutcherson as a creepy character in this because he's usually like the boy, you know, the boy next door or the brother or, you know, PETA or something, you know, in the Hunger Games. He's usually a good guy. And so. Is he though? Yeah. Hunger Games he wasn't. And so he, it was a nice change of pace to see him as kind of a slimy dude. Um, by the way, we do have an early tapes mm-hmm. of, of uh, Jennifer interviewing Josh at one of the, the couple of things that we talked to him out. And so that'll be on the Fun Stuff page as well. I enjoyed this because I like Jason Statham movies. I love the fact that he has these great fighting skills and his characters almost always know how to hurt people without using guns. Uh, so that's a nice uh, change of pace. You see these shoot 'em up movies where people just kind of spray bullets all over the place. And he's really got skills. He's got the hand-to-hand combat skills. He knows how to use tools. He knows how to, 
you know, do things with things like there was a movie where he killed somebody with a spoon. And that's not this movie, but that one always comes to mind for me. Um, he does use some guns in this one, but they're always other people's guns that he takes off the, their bodies or <laughs> takes away from them or whatever. Anyway, the body count's pretty high on this. But I, what I really like is that he's doing it. It's actually not that high. If you look at a John Wick movie, oh my, I put my glasses on. Uh, if you look at a John Wick movie, hundreds and hundreds. Yeah. You know, we get through there and they said, what's the body count currently? And it was only like six. He is very good about not killing law enforcement people. He does. He only kills the bad guys. He doesn't kill like the law enforcement people are after him, but he's not against them. And he's serious about going after these people who are scamming people. And the thing that I really like about this is that it's a more relatable enemy because we all have heard of these scams. Maybe we know somebody who got scammed. It's something that is out there that could happen to any of us. And so that I think is the key point here. Absolutely. I love the fact that these uh, call centers that that uh, say, oh, you've got a virus, give us a call. Hi, we're Microsoft or we're Amazon and we just need to get in. And I, the thing that I, I found interesting was they didn't make the lady go to the Walmart and get a bunch of, you know, uh, gift cards, GameStop or, or uh, Google Play cards. Uh, they actually just uh, had a key logger, had her log into her bank, and then they they cleaned her out. And the thing that really kind of got her, the uh, Felicia Rashad's character, was that she was on the board member of a charity, a, ch- a kid's charity, and they wiped out the $2 million out of there. I find it interesting that the the relationship between her and Clay's character – he, he was a beekeeper and he rented out one of her barns to keep his jars and to have his centrifugal force machine and, and all that stuff. And the bees were out in the field. But I found it interesting that his daughter happened to be her an FBI. Yeah, her daughter. Uh, he has no family. Uh, was a FBI agent. And I, so I found, found that very interesting. She's obviously struggling with, you know, some, oh, I don't want to give it away because, right. I mean, there's some interesting little surprises in the movie that I wasn't necessarily thinking about. I, If you like an action movie, it's not a heist movie, but if you like an action movie about somebody who has a, a fairly decent moral compass, like this is not right. You're hurting lots of people, not just Americans, but you're stealing huge sums of money. And where is it going? A lot of action. It has some interesting little twists. And I like the fact that it's not just like, okay, these are interconnected. The FBI guy said, and it was very, very clear and clever. Hey, this is only uh, one of 27 tips on a spear. Uh, And so Jason's character in this had to go and find all the little tips and then find out where everything meets in the middle and then take care of it in his special way. At 56 years old, I'm surprised that the man still is impressive when it comes to combat. You? I'm going to give it a four and a half. How about you? I give it a four, seven, five. Ooh. Moving on. I'm Jennifer. Next, we have Echo, a Marvel Spotlight miniseries. All five episodes are available now on Disney+. Plus. This is the first Disney Plus uh, MCU series to be rated TVMA to debut on both Hulu and Disney Plus simultaneously and have all episodes drop on the same day, binge style. 
This is the story of Maya Lopez, or Echo, a character we first encountered in Hawkeye in 2021. We get Maya's backstory so we know the tragedies she endured in childhood, how she developed into a powerful fighter, and ended up working for Kingpin. There's also a powerful connection between Echo and her early Choctaw ancestors. Alaqua Cox, who in real life is deaf and an amputee with a prosthetic lower leg, stars as Maya Lopez, who has those features as well, and she makes her the first disabled actress to play a title character in a Marvel Studios production. Uh, this was violent for me, and I don't know the character from watching Hawkeye, because I didn't. Uh, so I don't think I'll keep watching it, but I do love the representation. I will definitely keep watching. I'm interested to see where this goes and how she fits into the greater MCU. The thing I found most interesting, of course, is that because of her Native American heritage, she may have some supernatural abilities. I find it interesting that she didn't know about them before her interaction with Hawkeye, and so now she's learning about that. I obviously am going to keep watching because I am fascinated by it. Another thing that was in Echo that I thought was really cool was that it looked like one of the uh, people that she had a battle against was Daredevil. And apparently the people over at Marvel are excited about how strong of an opening Echo had, and they are going to, in fact, this week, production started on Daredevil Born Again, which is a new series that is going to come to uh, Disney+, Plus, hopefully later this year or the beginning of next year. Now, you may remember that big in the, back in the mid-2010s, there was a Daredevil show on Netflix. I believe this predates, of course, uh, Fox and maybe even uh, Disney's acquisition of Marvel. But Netflix had a series called Daredevil. And the stu- stunt coordinator, Philip Silvera, S- Silvera, I'm not exactly sure his last name. But anyway, the stunt man, the stunt coordinator and fight coordinator on the Netflix version of Daredevil is attached to the Disney uh, Plus version of Daredevil Born Again. So if you love the action from that series, you're going to love the action in this new series. Give us a ring, 1-800-39-ONLINE, 1-800-396-6546. Let us know if you're a fan of, of Daredevil or who your favorite Marvel comic is. Maybe they haven't uh, selected one yet, and you could do a quick pitch to Disney and say, hey, pick this one. Online tonight. Stay tuned. Mark this, I don't think it's any secret that I absolutely love robots, so I like to go over to robotsguide.com. That's robotsguide.com with an S. This site tracks all of the newest, coolest robots. I really loved the Sony Ibo, and we got to play with it and see how the it worked with the pink ball, and we got to interview the one of the co-creators of the device. I thought it was awesome, but there's some new robots over there that I just saw listed. There's a robot dog called Biddle and a robot cat called Nibble. And of course there are lots of other functional robots in addition to the cute animal ones. So that's robotsguide.com robots with an S robotsguide.com That's this hour's bookmark this brought to you by Anchor. 
you probably know, anchor from their dongles. Uh, they call them hubs. I call them dongles. They call them hubs. The Anchor 655 USB-C hub has an 8-in-1. Is, is an 8-in-1. It has you know eight different ports, including an SD port, a micro SD port, two USB ports, and those run at 10 gig. An audio, Ethernet, HDMI, all of that. It's also available in two different colors. So check that out at OLTTV.com slash A-N-K-E-R. That's OLTTV.com slash Anchor. Trying to figure out where the turkey bacon is on this pig. This is Online Tonight. Now, here's Max. All right. Some robots I understand, some robots I don't understand, and here's one that I'm not sure that I necessarily understand. This is a robot that was developed by researchers in Italy, and they co-developed by researchers in France, and apparently it um, started off as a snake. It's like a little snake, or it was a little snake, shaped like a snake. It's tubular, right? But the snake figured out that it wanted to be bigger. So it, ha- it 3D printed its own body to grow longer. And it also apparently kind of emulated a plant and kind of climbed up the uh, structure. So I'm not sure exactly what its purpose is, but I found it to be interesting. If you're interested in reading the paper about their their discovery, their use, their technology. It's available in the Journal of Science Robotics, and so you'll want to look for their published paper there. It's called the Philobot, F-I-L-O-B-O-T, if you're interested in that. If you live in the Los Angeles area, there has been a large hubabaloo. I'm not even, Miss Victoria, how do you say that word, hubabaloo? Hullabaloo. Hullabaloo? Mm-hmm. All right. Which means a big fuss. Everybody seems to be very excited about this. It's the Tesla LA Supercharger Center. Now, we've seen Tesla Superchargers in other places. But what is a center? It is styled after a 1950s diner and drive-in. You can drive in, watch a movie, charge your car, and eat some food. I am dying to see what the inside of this place looks like. I don't have a Tesla, but I might rent one just so that I can go and, and check it out over there at Santa Monica. You, you, know, you don't necessarily want to go over there right now because it's not done. And all of the little walls that are in front of it are all painted with graffiti because, you know, parts of Santa Monica nowadays are not as nice as they used to be. Uh, it would be nice if the police would do uh, well, the police want to do what they – all right, we don't talk politics here, but it's not – Santa Monica is not quite as nice as it used to be, but I'm definitely looking forward to the new L.A. Supercharger location. It's supposed to open in the winter of this year. Uh, I will probably rent a Tesla just so that I can go and check it out. It has been incredible in the progress. It was nothing, and now you can see – Aerial photos, you can drive by and you can see it's like three stories tall. I'm, I'm very excited to see what kind of food they offer. Do you have to eat your food in the car or can you eat the food at a table? When we were at Disney World, they had this drive-in theater, 
right? Where you got into the little booth that were like old cars and you could watch a, a, a movie, a sci-fi movie. You, it was usually a sci-fi movie. And that was a lot of fun. You know, the food was very 50s-like and it, they had the, the shakes and the malts and the flavored sodas and, the, and, you know, the normal fare, hot dogs and hamburgers and slices of pizza and, and uh, turkey sandwiches and all the, all the things that you love from, from diners. And so I'm very excited to see, you know, what they, uh, what they may or may not be doing. So, you know, I follow Disney and I follow Apple. I, I follow all that stuff. And I wanted to share with you again, it looks like the Apple is not going to be allowed to, sh- to sell their uh, Series 9 and Ultra Watch again because there are problems. Apple says, hey, we're going to make a software fix so that we don't, uh, we don't infringe on uh, my- Misimo's, Mas- Massimo's, M-A-S-I-M-O, Massimo's patent. But why did I mention Disney? Well, if you remember, when Bob Iger left the Walt Disney Company, Bob Chapek took took over, and then they fired him. And he basically continued to get paid for a really long time. He may still be getting paid. But what makes this story interesting, at least to me, is that Bob Chapek has now joined the board of Massimo. Massimo, if you recall, they had a smartwatch that they released that had the the technology that they're fighting Apple against, they didn't really make very much of a dent or hardly any headway in the market with their watch. And so now it looks like they're primarily trying to make that money back by uh, suing Apple. I don't know all of the intellectual property kind of things, but I thought that was that was kind of an interesting combination. You may remember that Bob Iger was on the board of the Walt of of Walt Disney. And on Apple, uh, while Steve Jobs was there, and then while Apple was coming out with iTunes and their movie service and stuff like that, Bob Iger would have to leave the room. I don't think Bob Iger's on the board of Apple anymore, but Bob Chapek, a former Disney CEO, is now on the board of Massimo. If you missed any portion of the show, hour one, two, etc., then head over to our website, onlinetonight.com, where we have our show notes. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast so that you can use your normal podcast feeder. But for those of you who just like to surf around with your browser, you can listen to the show right there on the website. You don't need any special app or anything like that, just a normal web browser, and you can just click play and, and have a listen and check out the notes. We put the links to our Bookmark this is and any kind of links that would help any of our callers. And we love to hear from you. So there's also a contact page there. Drop us a note. Let us know what you're interested in. And we look forward to seeing you next time here on Online Tonight. Online Tonight is produced and copyrighted by Smart Family Media. All rights reserved. Host Maxwell Smart producer and other hats worn by victoria smart views and opinions expressed are those of the host guest and callers and are not necessarily those of the station its management affiliates or other advertisers